Welcome, one and all, to episode two of The RevCast. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm Pastor Bree. And we're glad you're with us. Hopefully uh, everything went well with the the uh, dropping of the initial podcast, uh, uh, well, actually this morning uh, when it came out, uh, and, you know, next Monday when you hear this one. Yes. I, I have to say, I kind of miss the, the good morning RevHeads, yeah. but people can listen to the podcast anytime. So yeah, so we- like... Good day, Revheads. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Good, goodness gracious, Revheads. Good, whatever, Revheads. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad that you're here with us. Oh, you know, I kind of feel bad because when we did the uh, the video, uh, the episode two fifty one video for uh, uh, for Facebook, um, I didn't I didn't start out with with good morning, Revheads. You didn't, and I you didn't. you also uh, were forgetting the the God loves you, and there's nothing. Oh, anyone I know. can do we about it. it we are so out of practice. Oh. You know, and, and here's the thing. So so I'm I'm editing the video, getting ready to put it up, and I realized I didn't do the good morning rev heads. And uh, so I thought, you know what? I can go back to an old episode <laughs> and just voice over the good good morning uh, uh, rev heads. And it did, it just didn't work. Wow. But here's the thing, right? It uh, when fun with faith was on. There were people that watched it live, but there were also people that watched it later in the day. Yes. So, I don't know. Let me. Th- I'll. I'll think about. It. I do miss it though. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we are Every, glad. Everything changes, and that's it all right. Does. It that's does. All right. We are rolling with it. Yes, we are glad you're here. It was a lot of fun. Remember uh, last week? Uh, if you listened to the podcast uh, last week, uh, the uh, sermons were preached on Sunday, October fourth. Sorry, third. Uh, for those. Uh, for those. Uh, for that podcast. So you can go back and listen to those at uh, the various online places for the churches if you want to see um, what happened. Um, yes. So yeah, it, it's going to be a weird uh, time travely kind of thing. So I may, yeah, just have, so I may just have to stop explaining it. Well, we're recording on Monday. Uh-huh. We're talking about the scripture we intend to preach on on October 10th. Yes. And then this podcast will go live a week from the day that we've recorded it. It will go yes. live on Monday, October 11th. Yes. And so uh, talking about past and future gets a little bit confusing. Yeah. Maybe we'll just like focus on on the future. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. Uh, but here's the fun thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm not preaching the scripture again. This week. Are you serious? So, You're the one who had this whole idea. We're going to do stewardship from the lectionary. It works out perfect. It does. And this is such a stewardship lectionary passage. Well, but I, I, I'm not even starting stewardship till next week. Oh, and I think, I, yeah, I threw scripture off. Okay, so here's the thing. Michael. I went ahead. I went ahead, and I, I planned out the next year of preaching for me. Yes. Um, and there were there were areas where like oh. If I put these two, if I take these two weeks and flip the order, then then it's going to be okay. Then it then it makes more sense, and I could make it do like a three part series, and that's what I did for uh, uh, the last three weeks of October. So, yeah, I should just we should pull out my uh, my planner and and see where things line up. Anyway, we're so still this, gonna, we're this, still going to talk about this scripture today. This though. was your brilliant idea yep. that we will talk about the scripture we're preaching on, and you're okay. the one that's that's not so, preaching on. So them. I accidentally I feel forgot, a little offended. So I accidentally forgot a couple little uh, snafus where I switched things up. But I'm not. But this is the scripture we're using this week. I'm just not preaching on it. So uh, for Grand Rapids Trinity, 
Is United it, Methodist Church. You can't Church. see my blank stare yeah. right now, trying to figure out <laughs> Wait, what he's talking you're using, about. You're using this scripture, but you're n- not. Pre- what? So here's the thing. Uh, Grand Rapids <laughs> Trinity uh, United Methodist Church, where where I serve, has a bunch of uh, different departments that do different things. Um, and one of those departments is called Community Ministries. Uh, we okay. have a Community Ministries director, uh, wonderful dude, Matt Witkowski. Uh, lots of fantastic things going on. And uh, we decided that October 10th is going to be Community Ministry Sunday. Uh, and so, uh, while I am not preaching on this passage, this will be the passage we read uh in in uh, in worship, uh, but the the sermon in place of a traditional sermon, I'm going to be uh, putting Matt on the hot seat, uh, asking him questions about community ministry. So I'm just not preaching it, but we can still talk about it, and that's and that's fine. But before we do any of that, we're getting <laughs> way ahead of ourselves. Before we do any of that, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the hacks of life. The hacks of life. That's right, friends. The hacks of life are still here, and uh, at I'm this, so glad that they made the transition with us. You can't see my can you, eyes rolling. Honestly, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot uh, count the number of times um, that people have been like, "Oh, we miss the hacks of life." I can. There's like two people who really <laughs> love the hacks of life, and they get upset when we don't do them. But uh, that's that's about well, it. I make three. So. Anyway, uh, what makes you think I wasn't already counting you? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the hacks of life for uh, today, uh, this week, whatever week you're in, October 11th. Yes, we should have a sign. But anyway, uh, life hack number 741. If you're ever attacked by a brown bear, play dead. If it's a black bear. Punch it in the nose and it will run away. Can I see the science on that? I don't know if you want to. That'd be kind of gruesome. I mean, is it just like anecdotal? Like one guy played dead and survived with a brown bear and one guy punched a black bear and it ran away. And so they're like, oh, that must be all brown and black bears. I can't can't imagine um, that like it's a huge... uh, uh, there's, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of human trials involved in figuring Double blind. Uh, and can you imagine uh, if you are uh, are colorblind and you run into a bear? I think you'd be able to tell the difference between black and brown. I don't know. I think so. If you're colorblind, you're used to... Right, but what if it's nighttime? Discerning. Well, if it's nighttime, it doesn't matter if you're colorblind. You're in trouble anyways. <laughs> Well, that's true. We're all, all right. colorblind at night. Well, no, what I mean, okay, so forget about colorblind. Just what if it's at night and we can't tell what color? Then punch it in the nose and, and then play, play dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's your life hack for today. And next up we have This Week in History. Yes, This Week in History, uh, October 11th, 1962, Pope John the Twenty-Third opens Vatican II which was kind of a big deal, was the first ecumenical council of the Roman Catholic Church in 92 years. Uh, The Pope hoped to bring a a new Pentecost, a great spiritual rebirth to Catholicism, and to cultivate greater unity with the other branches of Christianity. Now, I remember, as a Protestant, learning about Vatican II as when the, the, the Catholic Church started allowing the priests to do Mass in the language the people spoke. Yep. 
the priest could look at the people. That became an option instead of always having their back to the people during mass. Uh-huh. They could do it either way. And the door being open to the idea that salvation is possible, maybe not easy, but possible outside of the Roman Catholic Church, opening that door to ecumenism. <laughs> now, as a recovering Catholic, how, uh-huh. how did I do? <laughs> uh, fairly good. Um, Got to tell you, as a, as a Catholic, I didn't really care much. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to Vatican II. Well, I don't think you were either one of us paying attention to a lot in 1962. Well, no, but... But I remember learning about it yes. as a significant moment yes. in the history of Christianity. And those and those are the things that I do I do remember. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so my entire life, my, my priest faced forward and it was English and and that kind of thing. So, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't even a thing when I was, when I was coming up. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was still fairly new though, when we were coming up. Yeah. But by the time I would pay attention to it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking maybe three years ago at this point. No, it's good. Well, I remember, I remember learning about it as being this really, really recent development for the Roman Catholic Church to even open the door for the possibility that there could be salvation outside of the Roman Catholic Church. Oh my gosh, at the speed of church? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super recent. That's still recent. Yeah. Um, still, uh, still reeling with repercussions from that Still figuring out what that all means. Yeah. Uh, I happen to like the new Pope though. Yeah. This current Pope. Um, Yeah. He uh, he's he feel it feels to me like he's very much embracing that spirit of ecumenism. So yeah, I appreciate uh, that. So uh, uh, Pope news, not uh, not Pope news. Is this but, gonna be a new segment? No, <laughs> this week in Pope news. <laughs> this week in the Pope. No. Uh, so I did a wedding uh, last week, or one of the weeks. I did a wedding. You did a wedding recently. recently. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the rehearsal dinner was at uh, an Airbnb that somebody had rented here in in town and. Uh, I'd never been there before. I go there. It's a beautiful place. But I walk inside, and in the kitchen on the wall, and and understand the Grand Rapids area is very large with uh, a reformed kind of theology. Very, kind of, very reformed area. And, uh, Calvinist uh, theology. Which is, which is very much not Catholic. Yes. So I walk into this this house, and in the kitchen, uh, in the in the dining room area, is a huge, probably... Probably ten feet tall, uh, five six feet wide mission cross, Catholic mission cross, uh, and and tacked onto the bottom, framed is uh, the the indulgence uh, for this mission cross, uh, written by uh, or given by Pope Pius the Ninth wow. back in eighteen fifty one. Wow. Uh, and this this uh, this indulgence uh, decree uh, on this thing talks about um, the days that you can uh, use it. Uh, there are specific feast days and celebration days you can use it to uh, have uh, uh, like full indulgence. And then there are things that you can do for a partial uh, forgiveness of indulgence. You can get 300 days off of your stay or somebody else's stay in purgatory uh, by saying uh, seven Our Fathers and uh, seven Hail Marys and seven Glory Bees uh, and kissing the foot of the cross. And like, just like sitting in the middle of like grand central reformed theology in Michigan is this huge Catholic mission cross with a papal writ of indulgence. See, what I want to know is, is that in the Airbnb listing? 
Like I as doubt one it. of the features of the house is while you're there, you can uh, get some indulgences uh, if you, you do some Hail Marys and kiss the foot of the cross. Now, not only is it a beautiful place to stay, but you can take time off your stay in purgatory. Uh, you know, I don't think it is. Um, but then again, you know, they were just looking for a place big enough uh, for, for this whole party. Uh, whole party so uh, they may not have paid much attention to whether there was a mission cross in the place or not. But yeah, I, I just I thought I found that very very fascinating. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get into our scripture for today. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you read it. All right. All right. All right. A gracious God, open our hearts, open our minds, help us, help us to to find truth. Help us to follow uh, this scripture. In our reason, in our tradition, in our experience, wherever it takes us, as we discuss the things of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture for this week is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is the word for us today. Yes. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know that you're so excited not to preach on this this week, so what are your first impressions? Oh, no, I'm not excited not to preach on this. This is, I, I, I love this scripture. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And the, and the first thing uh, that leaps off the page to me is, uh, uh, first, uh, this is not... A scribe. This is not a Pharisee. This is not a teacher of the law coming to test Jesus. This is a wealthy person, a wealthy young person, who who is concerned. 
uh, about uh, for for uh, good Jews at that time who's concerned about legacy, yeah. who's concerned about uh, being blessed to have progeny uh, that continue and continue and continue and number the sands of the seashore like promised like was promised to Abraham, uh, and and Jesus tells him keep the commandments you know these things, and he says well I've done all of this and he, and this is this is the beautiful part of this scripture for me. Is Jesus doesn't say, no, you haven't. <laughs> you, you've lied. I bet you've lied. And you, it, it, Jesus didn't do any of that. It says Jesus loved him. Yeah. Oh, how, how big a lesson is that alone for every, every single Christian, every student of theology? I don't... I, it is, it is a lesson we all need to hear. Because even though Jesus could have been like, well, really, you did, you know, Jesus loved him and said, oh, you know what? You're, you're lacking one more thing. And it was a hard thing. But Jesus loved him. Didn't, didn't scold him. Didn't say, oh, well, remember that time you did this? None of that. Jesus loved him. Didn't destroy the the beliefs that he that that kept him going as a as a human being and just said you you have one more thing uh, jesus looked into the situation and saw okay what is it that is holding this person back what what is it that that's making this person think that all that he has done all that he has tried to do his entire life uh to live according to the commandments why why it, what is it in his life that makes him think that's not enough? And Jesus gave him that thing. And that's a hard thing. It's a very hard it's a hard thing for for uh, a lot of people to hear. Um but for me if if I'm preaching this on Sunday, uh it is what is that one thing? What is that thing that is holding you back? Uh, and so often, I mean, we, we've talked about it. I don't know if we, we probably talked about it on Fun With Faith. We maybe even talked about it last week. I don't know. Um, but but there's there's this there's this reality, right? When we watch um, uh, the Amazing Race is one of the one of the shows you watch a lot of, and I watch with you sometimes. Uh, and how often do the contestants, all of the the very privileged people from the United States, go uh, into what we would call the third world or the undeveloped world? Uh, and they'll make statements about how things smell and about how, oh, the flies. and But all of the video that we see of the people who live there, all of the people who uh, the new T-shirt they got was uh, the, the, were the ones that were printed up for the, uh, for the losing team of the NFC Championship that, uh, that thought they were going to win, right? And we just shipped them off. Uh, they have no, but they are the happiest people. Um, they don't have a lot, uh, which means there isn't a lot to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not me saying, oh, you know, uh, we, it, 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 in, the, in, this, in this country where we live, how we live, um, to, to give all we have and sell all we have and give to the poor, um, it would be, would be unsustainable, um, for people, it would it would uh, uh, it would probably create more problems than it would solve. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point of this, then, in in a Western civilization like ours, um, 
I don't think from Jesus is telling us uh, that we need to sell all our stuff, move out of the parsonage, uh, live on the street, um, and and beg from people just to survive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it very much is uh, that that kind of needs to be our attitude. Um, not hanging on so tightly to the things. Um and I know I've probably told this story before, but uh, when I when I first came to Christ, back when I was 17, 18 years old, uh, I wanted to spend, uh, I had friends who were missionaries, uh, home uh, U.S. missionaries, uh, having ministry out in uh, western Wisconsin. And uh, and I wanted to spend time with them and, and do some ministry. And they wanted me to come and help them with uh, a few production things they were doing. And... Uh, um, it, it, my car broke down and my parents wouldn't let me use theirs cause they didn't understand this whole, uh, weird evangelical Christianity thing that I was caught up in. Remember we were Catholic and, uh, and you know, C and E Methodist. Um, uh, so, so it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't something they understood. They weren't really supportive of it at that point. And, I told uh, these friends of mine, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. My car broke down. I can't get there. I don't have money for a bus or whatever. And uh, so emailed them. They emailed back, hey, do you believe in miracles? And I'm like, well, yeah. Uh, And they said, well, we have this friend uh, who has offered to drive the six hours to pick you up, six hours to bring you back. Six hours to bring you back at the end of your stay, and then drive himself back six hours. And I thought, holy cow, who is this dude? <laughs> right? What's what's wrong with this guy? And uh, turns out like he's got double PhD in agricultural engineering, and we're, we j- I just got to know this guy. I'm driving six hours with him, and uh, I get to know him, and and part of the way. Uh, he, he's telling me he's got a Land Rover, an older Land Rover. Um, and he's telling me, yeah, not only do I have two PhDs, but I have two Land Rovers. And, and I feel like I feel like maybe I don't need one of them. And, uh, and, he's, and, he's, and he said, and I said, well, well, I need a car. How much are you, you, you selling it for? And he's like, well, you tell me. Hmm. He says, uh, uh, you tell me what, what you think you should pay. And you pray about it. And. He's like, if you tell me I should give it to you, I'll give it to you. Right? And this was his honest and true uh, attitude. And I thought, wow. Um, and I prayed about it. Believe me, I prayed about it. Um, and and, it, and it, what it came down to for me was I couldn't decide if me saying give it to me was uh, me just taking advantage um, of this kind soul. Um, or it, I couldn't, I couldn't determine. So I didn't, I just, we left it alone. Um, but, but I, I think of him when I read stuff like give all that you have, he was willing to, yeah. um, the things he had, he was willing to give, uh, without, with, with, without a worry. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's what it took for him uh, to follow God's leading. It's such a different perspective than we tend to have of our possessions. We worry so much about, um, are my things safe? Are they secure? 
heaven forbid someone goes through my car looking for loose change, um, right? We want we want our stuff to be safe. We spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy worrying right. about our stuff instead of holding it lightly and going, you know what? It's just stuff. There are more important things in life and it's not worth the time and the energy that I put into maintaining and obsessing over the things that I own, the possessions that I have. Well, that's kind of the conversation we have with our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Braley wants to play with something of Michaela's, and Michaela being older, her things tend to be a little more expensive, a little more delicate uh, at times. Um, and we and we have to explain, Michaela, that if if it breaks, and it's something you, you actually need, and, and it breaks we're going to replace it. Um, it's not worth fighting with your sister over. It's not worth getting in a tug of war match over. Yeah. Um, and, and hurting feelings on either side. Uh, don't hang on to things so tightly. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I think it's interesting in today's scripture, how Jesus, um, turns expectations on their head. Um, he does that a lot, right? He talks about if you want to be great, you have to be the least and the last and, and be like a child. Mm-hmm. And what he says today is how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And, you know, we hear that and hopefully realize that we are those who have wealth. If if you have the ability to listen to this podcast, you're rich um, compared to the other 99% of the people in the world, we are, we are the 1%. We are rich. We are blessed. Um, but we hear that and, and it makes us uncomfortable, but back in Jesus day and, and, and today as well, there's this perception that being wealthy equals being blessed. Mm. I think if it was not too long ago, the, what was the prayer, the prayer of Jabez, right. the, you're praying, pretty straight out praying for wealth. God will bless me and increase my fields. And I don't remember all of it because I read it once and went, that's not my theology. <laughs> um, but this this concept that the more you have, the more blessed you have. This is where we end up with mega church pastors who have a lot, who are, who are rich and well-to-do and say, well, I have to because that's how people know that God has blessed me. That's how people know that my gospel is true. Um, which is such a different perspective than Jesus who called his disciples to leave everything behind, right? What, what he's inviting this young man to do today is to become a disciple. He says, follow me. That's how he invites his disciples yeah. to come and follow me. But when they come and follow him, they leave everything else. They leave their nets. They leave their families. They leave possessions. They have the clothes on their back and they have their faith. That, that God will see them through today. They'll get bread for today. And then, and then there'll be bread for tomorrow too. But we don't worry about that. We worry about today. And that's what, what this young man struggles with is having that kind of faith. But I think too how hard it was for the crowd to hear this flipped on its head, the idea that instead of those who are wealthy being closer to God, being more blessed by God, it's actually going to be harder for them to get into the kingdom of God. It's it's such a subverting of expectations. And I think for us, we lose that because we're sort of used to this, you know, the preacher's going to get up and preach about my stuff is getting in the way and I need to let go of my stuff and hold on to God more closely. But But what that originally would have been would have been such a shocking message for folks that 
that rather than commending this young man and saying, well, of course you've kept all of these commandments. That's why you've been blessed. That's why you're so rich. And think of all the good you can do with that wealth. Jesus says, you got to let it all go. And if you don't, it's going to be really, really hard for you to enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just a fascinating subversion it, of, of the expectation there. Yeah, we we tend we we tend to, because we are so far removed from... Uh, that time, that culture, that understanding of the world, we end up uh, missing out on just how radical Jesus really was mm-hmm. and the things Jesus was saying really were. Uh, and, and this, yeah, this is one of those things. And you're right. My, my gut instinct, if I'm, if I'm going beyond the, the Jesus loved him piece, uh, is, yeah, the, the wealth, it weighs us down. Yeah. Um, it holds us back. Um, but there is this reality too, um, that it, it holds us, it holds us back, but it, but it keeps us from being blessed too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and while it, I wholeheartedly agree with you that, uh, based, uh, if, if we compare ourselves in the U S and, uh, other, other, uh, places like it. Uh, to the ninety nine percent of the rest of the world, yes, we are uh, exceedingly blessed. Um, but there is also this reality um, that we see all too well today of of the mega wealthy, of mm-hmm. the people who have more money than they could spend uh, in fifty lifetimes. Yeah. Um, that hide the wealth that modern day dragons. Yes, hoarding, uh, hoarding, hoarding their piles of wealth. Hoarding the wealth, uh, and and it's one of those things. Like, I love Amazon. I think it's an amazing, uh, it creation. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, at first it was buying books. Now it's just about everything, and you can get it in two days. Um, and that's and that's great. But when I when I Every time, every time I think about Jeff Bezos uh, and um, sending himself into space just because he could, and all of that stuff, uh, the reality that he he has the money. Uh, I don't. You probably remember. I did a I did a paper in my undergrad on uh, um, extreme poverty, ending extreme poverty in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the and, and and there was a price tag on it. This was. Five ten years ago, um, there was a price tag on it, and that price tag, Jeff Bezos could pay and not even notice. Yeah, um, not even notice that. I mean, it would it would change his lifestyle zero percent. Yeah, um, and could end extreme poverty, or make sure that we can get clean drinking water to every human being on the planet. Um, and and for me, where where I sit, I don't have. <laughs> we don't have that that kind of ability, which is why we work collectively. Which is why mm-hmm. we see GoFundMe for things. Which is why uh, we we give and we and we do the things we can. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to say to folks that that I know uh, may be able to hear this podcast, but are still living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, Yes, comparatively to a huge segment of the po- uh, of the population of the world, yeah, we are wealthy. Um, but there are those 
with the wealth to make a difference that don't. And, and when I hear how difficult it is for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven, that tends to be where my mind goes. Um, not, not the folks who, who have a lot of wealth and do a lot of philanthropy um, and, and, and do the, everything they can, um, but more, more those uh, disgustingly wealthy folks. Yeah. Uh, to a certain extent, it reminds me of the, the struggle that we have caring for the environment, caring for climate, and there are these sort of grassroots movements, right? Don't use plastic bags. Don't straws. use straws. Get you know, get yourself reusable straws. Take your own silverware with you when you go somewhere. Use cloth napkins, um, which are all great sustainable changes that we can make. But they are just a drop in the bucket compared to the changes that could be made on a corporate level or on a governmental level when mm-hmm. it comes to regulations, when it comes to changing the way that, that our cars function, changing the way that our cities are set up, changing the way that we build our buildings so that there is less pollution, um, putting the research behind sustainable sources for, for energy, um, really taking things seriously. And it what it what it needs to be is is a both and right you need to do what you can do because lots of people doing their little bit makes a difference this is why we love the united methodist church because it's a connectional church we all right. pitch in we all do our pieces and it does big things um but there's also that reality that that until the the dragons get on board we can only do so much. The, the big changes have to come from those who have the power to make the big changes. And that's where, um, again, that's another reason that I love the United Methodist Church is because we have that aspect of the social gospel built in, which includes advocating, which includes protesting, which includes making statements and calling our leadership to accountability and being involved in those causes that are bigger than ourselves um, so that those who have a difference, right, we don't know we, this is a, we know this was a young man who had many possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that says he was dragon wealthy. No. But his stuff was getting in the way. He loved his stuff more than he loved Jesus. He wanted to keep his things more than he wanted to follow Jesus. Um, and I would even, at at the risk of taking off my Christian hat for a minute. (laughs) Do we care about people more than we care about our stuff? Not because God tells us to, but because it is the right human thing to do, realizing that we are in this together, regardless of your faith, regardless of, I mean, as Christians, we have this commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That has to take seriously uh, things like taxes and climate change and all the ways that our lives impact one another, wearing masks, getting vaccinated, all these ways that we love our neighbors, we love ourselves. But mm-hmm. even if you put that on the shelf, you still can see that our lives are connected to one another. And those who have the power to make a difference need to be held accountable to do so. And, and like you said, can be in a way that changes their lifestyle, not one little bit. And, and here is the thing, like, I don't, it, you, you played capitalism really well and you won, right? You're, so you, we name a dog park after uh, you, uh, you get a plaque. Congratulations. Right. But, you won but, capitalism. But, but, but not, but not, I mean, beyond that, you, if you, if you want to have, if that's, if that's what you need to, that, that, that 
absolute disgusting amount of wealth. Uh, okay. But. Uh, tackle one of the big things. Pay your fair share in taxes. Pay, pay your fair share in taxes. That's tackle just one so of the big absurd. things. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it 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 it, it is. It, what I'm saying is, is if, is if uh, Jeff Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, he's um, easy. He's easy to pick on. I'm right. sorry. I know. He's an easy target right now. Um, but if but it, I I don't mind the idea of the 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 mega wealthy. They invented the thing, and it and it has become a thing, but. Um, let's, let's make sure before, you know, you, you upgrade to the 300 room mansion from the 150 room mansion that all your workers are, are paid a living wage, that, mm-hmm. uh, healthcare is, is not an issue that, um, they're, they're not working themselves to death, uh, yeah. over it um, because it really does, uh, taking, taking off the Christian hat. Um, there, there is this, this reality, uh, that right now we see, um, a good vocal chunk of the population saying we don't care. Um, a lot of the folks who we talk to about, uh, who, who engage in the conversation about, uh, higher tax rates on the wealthy. Um, these are people who, who, you know, make 25 grand a year who think they're, uh, you know, just just one good week away from being a mega wealthy person, and that's never going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, or if it is, it is so rare it's not even going to going to amount to anything. Um, and instead, um, it, it it needs to be this humanity focusing on caring for each other, as opposed to humanity focused on self. Humanity focused on self. Um, you, you get what we have today. The, the arguments about, uh, masking and vaccines, the, the conspiracy theories of, uh, there's a, there's a tracking chip, uh, in the vaccine and I'm getting into conspiracy theories now. I'm sorry. You are, but you're, you're wandering a field. I know, I know. Can we, uh, can we talk about, um, when Jesus says there's no one who's left behind anything for my sake and the sake of the good news who will not receive it a hundredfold back. And he adds to that list, he lists all these things that people sacrifice, house, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields. And he says, you'll receive it back a hundredfold in this age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields with persecutions. Oh, yeah. I think it's just interesting that Jesus is talking about, oh, you totally will be repaid for your sacrifice with persecutions. <laughs> Um, I think one of the, uh, one of the commentaries that I, so is, is that how we read that a hundredfold persecutions? I don't know because punctuation, right? right? Punctuation doesn't exist in the original Greek. Um, it's, it's interesting. I looked at a couple different translations and one of them says, and fields comma with persecutions. And one of them says, and fields with persecutions, like your persecution is going to happen in your fields. Um, but it's interesting mm. This this um, this gospel of Mark, right? This was the first gospel that was written. It's in a hurry, but it's also written to a people who are being persecuted, and so you see that popping up in places like this. This this expect to be persecuted. That's part of what we expect when we follow Jesus. But it's just interesting. It just sort of slides into the list there of all these yeah. ways that you'll be repaid and blessed with persecutions. Yeah, and and just 
just to be clear, when when the scriptures talk about persecution, this, this is not happy holidays. This is not happy holidays. This is not people talking. Uh, this is not being gun- forced to wear a mask. Yeah, this is not people talking gun control reg- uh, regulations and. This is you're being <laughs> thrown to the lions. Yes. You're being thrown into prison because you believe in Jesus. Yeah. You're being so, crucified, literally nailed to a cross, crucified. Yes. So I promise you, uh, uh, Christians in the United States, you are not experiencing persecution. No. You you may have been teased for your faith at some point. I know I was. That is not persecution. Even though at the time I'm like, oh yeah, that's what Jesus was talking about. No, um, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Yeah. So so don't don't <laughs> don't create persecution where there isn't any. Yeah. I guess would be my my recommendation there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting that that. I mean, in the midst of that persecution, the, the, the writer of Mark says, with all of these things is going to come persecution. Um, because, because there's truth to that, especially when you're dealing with, with this new fledgling kind of, is it part of Judaism? Is it not? You know, what is this thing? Um, people, people tend to, uh, when you don't understand something, when you don't when you don't know what something is or when something is brand new and you just don't get it people people tend to to pick on it people tend to uh, push it aside or call it bad or call it evil or or those kinds of things it it, it just kind of is mm-hmm. um like like uh, Michaela getting in the car after school hey hey dad can we listen to music and i you know put on some ccr or something and and uh, now she's taken to getting into the car and saying hey dad can we listen to to music that i'll like um and and then we put on the music that she likes and i'm like oh my this is this is wicked this is evil it's not but uh olivia rodrigo or whatever her name is um it's just a lot of uh boyfriend breakup music but anyway like like i don't understand it it's not my music it's not it's not what i'm familiar with it's not what i'm comfortable with um and so and so we kind of react against it um Mm -hmm. and and for for this fledgling church, these people just starting out, uh, that's that's a, a good deal of what's happening. Um, is there is this rebellion against this new thing, and there is this these these new people are uh, refusing to pay uh, taxes to Caesar and uh, f- refusing to worship the state gods and all of those things. Um, but also, it's it's new and it's and it's popular. Uh, it's, it's giving, uh, turning the power structure on its head. Yeah. Um, and that, that too makes it dangerous. Yeah. So where do you think, where do you think you're going to end up on Sunday with this passage? I don't like it when you paint me into a corner like that because people will know by the time this comes out. And I know you're like, oh, but it's interesting to see how well, the sausage no, is made. that's kind of the point, right? Right now, where where do you think you're preaching? Um, I think for me, it's about um, possessions. Do your possessions possess you? All right. Um, I think that's that's if you if I had to preach it right now. I think that's where it would go is what do you need to let go of? Where do you need to loosen your grip um, so that God can put something even better in your hands? 
so that uh, others can be blessed through those blessings that you've been given. What is it that you lack? What is it that's getting in your way? Um, and yeah, we are starting, we are starting our stewardship conversation this week. And so starting to plant some of those seeds of thinking about how do we use what we've been given? Um, do we use it to pass the blessing on? Do we invest it in other people? Are we storing up our treasures in heaven, um, as it were, or are we, are we letting it get in the way and hold us back? I think. You think. I think. <laughs> Well, especially with a stewardship conversation, that's that's a that's a good. That's way a to fair go. place to start. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to be referencing it uh, at least in my my introductory comments to uh, to the community ministries discussion. Um, community ministries is very much about partnering with with organizations in the community. In particular, we're going to be highlighting um, Trinity's connection with uh, Congress Elementary School, which is just. Uh, a couple blocks away, uh, and uh, and we do tutoring programs and food program, all sorts of different stuff, and uh, uh, and we have uh, the principal of Congress is coming and is going to be present in worship. That's great. Uh, and also uh, do a Q and A after uh, during our faith formation hour. So, um, for me, uh, for me, it's very much going to be. Uh, about probably about the uh, the letting go of some things. I may even I may even reference uh, uh, my my uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite authors and people at this time, uh, Bob Goff, uh, who quits something every Tuesday, um, just to just to make room to be able to say yes to other things, uh, because because uh, things like community ministries. Uh, at Trinity and, and ministries in uh, churches all over the place. They only happen um, when when people are there to to be involved in them. Yeah. Um, so many times it with in my my twenty plus years of ministry, um, a lot of times where you find yourself on your own, um, and then you can only do so much. But the more that are there, the more people that have have uh, let go of whatever it was that was holding them back from helping with that youth group or helping with that project. Um, I, I know every time somebody did that, I uh, said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to set something else aside and I'm going to take this time and I'm going to help with this ministry. Um, that ministry uh, has, it, 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 its effectiveness increased a tremendous amount. Uh, and so, so my hope is going to be with uh, with with this uh, passage, with this message um, via interview with uh, with Matt, uh, is it going to be that that number one, people are going to understand uh, what our community ministries program is, what it's about. Um, and it's not about one thing and it's not static. It's always growing and moving and um, and it's and it's actually kind of fun to watch. Um, but uh, but also that that there are places, um, where, where people are needed still. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely, uh, f financial assistance is needed um, to keep things going, but also just as much uh, people to come in and spend time with uh, kids in the tutoring program, to uh, help cook meals, to do all sorts of things. Uh, and so that's, I mean, it, it's probably not going to change much from that, <laughs> but um, but that's, that's kind of where, uh, where I feel that's, 
uh, that's going. Um, Neither one of us talked about camels. No. Camels, camels and needles. And the eye of the needle. Um, that's that's always an interesting uh, an interesting piece. Maybe we'll save that for another time. Yes. So. All right. Uh, so that is uh, Mark ten seventeen to thirty one. That's where we think we're going to end up. Uh, join us uh, on Sunday to find out if that's or well, join us yesterday to find out if that's true. <laughs> and if you missed worship yesterday, uh, both of our worship services are available online at our church's respective websites. That's right. You can uh, uh, usually find uh, Trinities on Facebook. They have a Vimeo account. Um, I don't know that it gets uploaded to YouTube every week. We're working on that. Uh, so so yeah, uh, join us uh, for worship. Uh, online, join us uh, pre, uh, as it's been recorded and uploaded. Uh, if you have questions for uh, Pastor Bree or myself, you can go ahead uh, and hit us up on Facebook. Um, we have uh, uh, the Revs page is uh, facebook.com forward slash the Revs UMC. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Rev Mike UMC. And I'm not entirely sure what. Pastor Breeze is, but you can also find me at RevMikeUMC on Twitter and Instagram uh, and TikTok and just about everything else is at RevMikeUMC for me. And you can find Grand Rapids St. Paul's Worship at grstpaulsumc.org. There you go. All right, friends, uh, from, uh, from, from Pastor Bree and myself, <laughs> uh, remember God loves you. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Peace.